Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. This is Backroom Politics. Backroom Politics. And greetings from the National Capital Region, your nation's capital here in Washington, D.C. It is Tuesday, which means it is time for the best political. Don't know what that was. Okay. <laughs> Let's try this again. Greetings from Washington, D.C. It's Backroom Politics Live on Blog Talk Radio. Um, I host the moderator, Justin Russell, joining us on the phone as they do every Tuesday. He's the former Undersecretary of Commerce who served that last count under four presidents. He's the man we know as the Honorable Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And joining me from somewhere in the streets of Washington, D.C., he is longtime Democratic political operative and a bar servant attorney in the great state of Maryland and the District of Columbia. He's the man we know as Dan Littner Esquire. Good afternoon, Daniel. Good afternoon, Justin. However, I am in the great state of West Virginia today, not D.C. You, ironically, you know who you're going to be there with? Your best buddy, Donald Trump, president of the United States. Outstanding. Well, if he's in Weston, West Virginia, it's for my birthday, so you can come and drink for my birthday. And by the way, it is, uh, on behalf of everybody at Backroom Politics, Dan it is your birthday. Happy happy birthday. Uh, we got you a gift. We got you. We sent you President Trump to West Virginia for your birthday. Oh, uh, you shouldn't have. Really, you shouldn't <laughs> <You're> have. <right. laughs> hey, we've got a lot to talk about, and there is a ton, and when I mean a ton, a ton of breaking news. Let's start with, uh, gosh, we can start with what should be happening right about now. Uh, right about now, there is a court hearing in the in, uh, federal court in New York City, right there on Pearl Street in lower Manhattan. Uh, the president's former personal attorney is, in fact, in front of uh, a federal judge now popping to a plea. There's a plea deal in the uh, Michael Cohen uh, uh, case that is going on in the lower – uh, the Southern District of New York Federal Courts. We do not know the details of that. We do not know what's going to happen. There's a press conference that is scheduled by the U.S. Attorney's Office right after the court hearing, but we'll be monitoring that. But as of right now, apparently Michael Cohen, the president's former attorney, 
former outside counsel on the business and personal side, his fixer is pleading, is uh, copying a plea deal with the U.S. Attorney, Southern District of New York. We'll follow that one. The other big news is that he, we he are pleaded now... guilty to being a witch. <laughs> it's nothing but a witch, we're gonna right? Mon- it's a- we're going we're gonna to monitor that one, Daniel. We're going to monitor that one. Uh, the other big news we're watching right now, we are awaiting, they are now in the third day of deliberation in the fourth. Paul Manafort trial. Fourth day of deliberation. I'm sorry, Alan's right, the fourth day of deliberation. Uh, earlier today, the breaking news is that the jury handed uh, the, the judge, T.S. Ellis, the third of that ilk, a note earlier today where uh, Judge Ellis uh, pretty much directed them. The, the note questioned whether the, uh, the situation, if they were not, if there was not a consensus on one count. Now, what does that mean? Nobody knows, but that is the letter that went to Judge Ellis. Uh, Judge Ellis uh, directed them to uh, consider the other factors but go back and work this out. We are awaiting whether or not we'll see a verdict, whether or not they'll go to another day of deliberation. We're not know we're monitoring that one. Um, let's talk about let's talk about first the Michael Cohen situation. Uh, Alan Moore, you know, there's a lot of speculation going on right now regarding what this could be. Uh, word was leaked that it could include possible federal elections violations. Um, is, is this and the timing of this? Do you think that there is something to be read in it that this could be a flip of Cohen to uh, the Mueller side, or do you think he'll still protect his longtime friend, the president? Well, it's a, it's an important question. We'll know a lot more here probably within the hour. Um, so it's, I'm hesitant to speculate too much and then be proven wrong in 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> he, he's got, he's got a, he, he, we've known for some time when, when these charges came down and the reason they sent this to the Southern district, uh, in New York, rather than left it, leave it with Mueller is most of these charges have to do with, uh, with per, personal, uh, alleged criminal behavior in in tax fraud, business fraud, um, and as you mentioned, this question of a possible federal election violation. Uh, just to remind everyone, um, it it is against the law to secretly provide something of value uh, to a campaign, and the argument is that if he really did pay one hundred and thirty thousand dollars to Stormy Daniels and one hundred and uh, uh, well, 130,000 to Stormy Daniels, and and it was not reported as a gift. Um, then arguably that's an illegal contribution. Um, the president belatedly, uh, after the fact, said, "Oh yeah," after denying knowing anything about it, saying you got to talk to Mike Cohen. Did ultimately say, "Yeah, re- he was reimbursed for that." Well, then that that's a different kind of problem because the president can't. Uh, make contributions to his own campaign without reporting them. And clearly the timing of the payment to Stormy Daniels was right in the heart of, uh, of campaign season. So keeping her quiet was uh, clearly intended to help um, 
the campaign. It was also arguably help uh, uh, important to the president to uh, help protect his uh, his marriage. Um, it, this all assumes that there was a relationship, and it's all the evidence points in that direction. Uh, the president's denials, notwithstanding, what. Cohen has beyond this stuff that could be damaging to the president and how uh, Cohen might turn on that stuff is not at all clear. Uh, it, it was important that Mueller turned this over to the Southern District. I think they felt that that some of the stuff that Cohen did with the president would have been protected right. by attorney attorney client privilege. Um, uh, but a lot, most he, he was he was a, an attorney more in name than in fact. He was much much right. more likely to be doing fixer type deals uh, for the president. One has to assume that he's provided some information. Most of, mostly, though, it appears that the that, that Cohen was trying to feather his own nest after the right. president's election uh, by selling influence, uh, selling access. Um, which right. may or may not have 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 been illegal. He's in deep trouble. He was spending an enormous amount of money trying to defend himself at a time that 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 he his business his taxi business had suffered significant uh, reversals, and he was probably <laughs> millions in debt you, and Uber. spending millions. Yeah, spending millions in in uh, in legal fees and and was facing financial ruination. Um, and at some point probably looked at the handwriting on the wall, knew what the evidence was, and thought, i got to get out of this. Right. Dan Whitner, you know, if in fact there is a plea deal, and, and again, there's been some speculation that the charges will include federal elections violations. I mean, we've been around this game long enough to know that, you know, the FEC has been relatively rendered toothless. Uh, we don't see a lot of criminal FEC violations. Is this, you know, could it be construed that this is like getting Al Capone on tax evasion? Um, I mean, if it's the FEC stuff, possibly. Uh, but that said, we still don't have enough information. And the real question here is the what everything else is that came out of Michael Cohen's files and office. Since one of the chief questions when his office was raided by the FBI was whether or not any of that was protected by attorney-client privilege, as the president uh, very profoundly tweeted on, uh, on the morning after and said, attorney-client privilege is officially dead. Um, <laughs> uh, that said, if if Michael Cohen was acting as a fixer as just a member of a criminal enterprise and not as a lawyer, those files could be far more valuable than anything else having to do with any FEC violation. And there's also, as going on with the, the uh, Manafort uh, case, in Virginia, there's tax issues on top of all of this. So the den of thieves that Donald Trump has surrounded himself with, uh, shockingly enough, the as much loyalty as the president has solemnly shown to all of the people who have spent time and energy backing him over the years, I am shocked that they seemingly are not returning the exact 
same favor that he has shown them after all these years. It's really so, sad. I mean, yeah, I, I feel for him. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Joining us on the, on the line right now, she is the former very on-air talent for ABC and NBC News, former producer in Washington, D.C. for the World Famous Today Show. She is the one we know as Laura Chavez. Hey, Laura. Hey, guys. Hey, Laura, uh, about the Michael Cohen situation, should the, I mean, should the fact that Michael Cohen is pleading and striking a deal with the Southern, the U.S. Attorney Southern District of New York, should that scare the White House and scare Trump immediately? Um, in all honesty, I feel like the general demeanor of Trump is that he is always scared and never scared. So I'm not really sure how to read him at all or the situation at times. Um, I think it should scare him. This is a guy that knows where he might not know where all the skeletons are or all the bodies are, but he knows where a lot of them are. And he has definite information that could hurt or that could hurt at least the reputation of the administration, uh, especially right ahead within 100 days of the midterm election. With that said, this has he has truly lived up to the Teflon Don uh, name he has been given. Um, yes, in all honesty, he should be scared, partially because we don't know what's about to come out of this federal courthouse. All we know is that Michael Cohen went in, odds are a guilty uh, plea is about to come out, but we don't know exactly what that's going to be in regards to, even if it is just in regards to um, his personal dealings with the taxi companies and you know, payouts and anything like that, there's still a lot to be said for what the plea deal will have. Um, it's really one of those risky business kind of things where no one knows, I'm sure a lot of people know actually, but I don't know exactly what Michael Cohen knows, what he's willing to give up, what he's willing to say. So it's kind of a, it's that calm before the storm. Don't know exactly how big this storm is going to be. And it might be something that, you know, a lot of Democrats are thinking like, oh, we wanted more. We wanted, you know, proof of, you know, a meeting with Russian government. But Don Jr. already emailed that or tweeted that out to everybody. So, you know, what's he got? What did Cohen have that would scare the administration enough to um, send his entire, you know, field of attorneys into a tailspin? I don't know, because that's the other thing you're dealing with is that every time, you know, any of his attorneys go on TV to talk with a Chuck Todd, you know, you just can't have a truth is not the truth anymore kind of comment without having a lot of follow-up questions. And they're really good at spinning things and distracting. So when there's an explosion over there, there happens to be a shiny object 180 degrees away. Uh, joining Justin? us also on the phone. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Alan Moore, uh, and then we'll introduce Admiral Ken. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Um, you're welcome to introduce Ken, and then I'll take it back if you like. Okay, that's that's fine. Uh, joining us on the phone, well, I had a question for Admiral Ken, too, is uh, the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy. He's the man that we know as Admiral Ken Carradine. In from the Sunshine State, Admiral, how are you? Doing well. Apologize for being late. We're having some technical difficulties down here. Apparently, electrons uh, like <laughs> electrons like moving slowly in Florida. I don't know why. It's, it's Margarita. It's Margaritaville. They're they're all drunk. So anyway, yeah. uh, let me go back to uh, Alan Moore for his follow up, yeah, and then I'll you. go back to you, Ken. I, I wanted to follow on on something that that Laura touched on, which I think is really important, um, and that is that 
the, the, and it relates to the fact that Mueller sent the Cohen uh, material and investigation up to the Southern District of New York, which suggested that the stuff they were finding out about Cohen did not relate particularly to the Russia investigation or the, the issue of collusion with the Russians, which we remember is the primary focus of Mueller. Did the Russians intervene? Was there collusion? And then in the investigation of that, uh, those questions, did we find, did he find other criminal behavior? And that's what really sucked Manafort in, uh, along with Manafort's presence at some of the key meetings and his key role in the campaign. Cohen uh, has this troubling potential uh, uh, Federal Elections Commission uh, violation, but it appears, it appears from everything we know that most of his trouble really does have to do with his business and fraud against uh, banks that he was working with. But when they went into his offices and took all kinds of material, what they almost certainly found was information about various fixes that Cohen did for President Trump long before the president became, uh, before Trump became president. So you would have old stuff, old deals, old fixes with who knows what, women, businesses. Wasn't it Steve Bannon who said, oh, my God, there, how many fixes must there have been with women and the president? And so interesting question here is what did the Southern District find when they went into all of Cohen's offices, found information about things in the past having nothing to do with the Russians or with Donald Trump as president, but which would have been potentially violations of law, of different laws. And that's a whole area that may or may not emerge, that we may or may not learn something about even today in uh, apparently the announcement of, of this, this plea deal. And I don't know when we'll get those details, but, but that's the kind of stuff that could be horrendously embarrassing to the person, Donald Trump, uh, obviously the president, right. but that right. might well have nothing whatsoever to do right. with what he's done in the campaign or well, as president. Right, right. Well, we're going we're to keep an eye on this, and it, once we get some new details, we'll break into the show with it. But I want to move on because we've got a ton to talk about. Let's talk about what's going on with the Manafort trial. Okay, so again, uh, we are now in the fourth day of deliberation uh, on uh, the federal case, the first federal case against Paul Manafort. Um, the, uh, the note that came out today, Dan Littner, talk to me in a legality arena. The note that came out said that the, the, the note to Judge Ellis, we can't come to a consensus on one count. With your experience, what does that lead you to believe? Does that give you any insights to where the jury might be going with this? Um, well, it should give everyone pause, uh, especially uh, Mueller, uh, since uh, it, 
everyone, including me, has been surprised that they've been in deliberations this long. I'm not. Um, that, that said, uh, <laughs> the, when you said everyone, that's not me. <laughs> Here you go. Keep going. Dan Littner, keep going. That, we'll address it. That, that, that said, first, it's only one count, and I'm uh, maybe somebody else on the uh, on the air knows the number of counts that Manafort's been. Uh, eighteen. 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 Correct. So one of eighteen, unless they're voting to acquit on the other seventeen, uh, there's still a problem uh, for 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 Manafort. So it, this could be a technical issue that it, one of the jurors uh, is really hung up on, on the on the language that is being that, that, that he's being accused on. Um, it's possible that the it could be the other way. It could be the majority of the jurors want to acquit on one of those counts, and and uh, there's one holding out. But then you also have other issues that that are still floating out there as far as why the why the jury wasn't sequestered. So there there are a lot of things out there that could start weighing into the issue. That said, at the end of the day, uh, this is grounds for a mistrial. Not and if the government chooses to to bring the case again, we start we start the rodeo again. So it's it, it's not a you get off scot free. It means the government gets to go again if it's a mistrial. So uh, that's the only thing that th- this means. It does give me a little bit of pause that this hasn't gone more quickly, but it's it's not a disaster. It, it, love that you're on the legal side, Dan. It, did it surprise you that the defense counsel pretty much didn't bring anybody to bear? Just pretty much said, "No, nope, we're good. Case closed. Let's go to closing briefs." Uh, yeah, I, so the that means I mean essentially closing arguments had to be relate to a jury nullification attempt, or the other thing that's been at least alluded to that maybe some they know something else either about the jurors, the fact they haven't been sequestered, so there's grounds for a mistrial there, or there's grounds for an appeal uh, that they just have chambered ready and waiting. There. There are a lot of reasons to to uh, go down that road, and if it's a mistrial, supposedly a mistrial does benefit the defense more than the prosecution because the prosecution laid all their cards on the table, so the defense, the next go-around, can, can prepare more fully uh, for the next trial, for the retrial. So that, that could be part of the reasoning uh, for not actually putting on a, a – more full-throated defense or any defense at all. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Alan Moore. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just remind people about mistrials that Bill Cosby um, first, first, first uh, uh, case was, uh, was a mistrial and he didn't do so well the second time. I don't myself, I, the reason I jumped in before when, when Dan said everyone thought this would have gone faster and they said, not everyone, not me, and, and not most, and, and and not most of the legal experts that I have read who have commented on this very question, who have reminded us, eighteen counts means eighteen separate decisions that the jury has to make. There are something like three hundred and fifty different written exhibits that 
the jury has to mess with. One of those is over 700 pages long. So there's this massive volume. This is what they call a paper case. Man, there's and, and, and the judge's instructions, the verbal instructions to the jury lasted two hours. And when people said, could you write those down? He said, no, but you can listen to them on an audio tape. So yeah. you put all of that stuff together, and these, these experts are saying, this is an, an enormous volume of material to, to be considered by a group of people who don't do this for a living. So the people, that, the, the experts, of which I am not one, um, the experts, but I found their arguments persuasive, said one shouldn't be surprised that this would take several days of them wrestling and considering and so on. Um, right. So if, it, if, if, we're, if we're having this conversation on Thursday, then we wonder what the heck is going on. But, right. But – the, and the fact that, that Manafort's attorneys were saying, oh, we think this is a positive development. This was last Friday. But, yeah. and, and all these guys were saying, that's pure spin. Um, yeah. That's spin in the hope, I guess, that they can affect public opinion. The, as, as, as Dan pointed out, the jury was not sequestered. They're not supposed to talk to anybody. They're not supposed to read. But, you know, who knows if some of the people read a little bit and it could possibly influence them. I have no idea what that was all about other than maybe to try to bolster the morale of, right. of uh, the defendant and his family. Right. But, uh, right. Let, me, let, me go to, let me go to Laura Chavez real quick. Laura, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the theories that has been floated is that through back channels, perhaps uh, Paul Manafort knows that if he does get convicted of these charges, and we don't know how many number of the charges he'll be convicted of out of the 18, and then he's got the D.C. case, there's a theory going around that he's not worried about it. He's going to sweat it out because, quite frankly, he's fairly confident that the president is just going to throw a pardon on him. If if that is the case, I mean, if the president does see a conviction here in Alexandria and just pardon him, or wait till both case, or wait till both trials are done, and pardons him outright, is that going to benefit the president and what's going on in the White House to any extent? I don't know if it will benefit the president, but I don't think it'll hurt it, hurt him. Um, and um, if I may just hop back really quickly, keep in mind uh, to go to Alan's point, the of the tax evasion, bank fraud, um, bank accounts in foreign countries, like those are a lot of really complicated um pieces of paper that people are going to have to read. And the judge has uh, decisions that have been made. He's just really, really hoping that they come to a conclusion or an agreement on all 18. Just that way he can put a button on this. There is still obviously a chance that if they can only get to 17, that they can retry the last one and accept the other ones. But just, um, you know, to just go to Alan and Dan's point, this has been going on a while and it looks like it actually might go on another day or so. Uh, but as for the pardon, I don't think it's going to hurt um, Trump. I mean, in all honesty, when he pardoned Joe Ar- or Sheriff Ar- 
Sheriff Joe Arpaio, that was a big moment. That was taking a stance against a group of people who felt persecuted by this by Arpaio. Pardoning someone like Paul Manafort, while yes, it is very sleazy, it doesn't seem as much an attack on people. You know, it it goes back to the idea of Roy Moore in all honesty, um, in a very loose, general way. Like, Roy Moore was a supporter, and he was accused of doing something truly reprehensible. And it was something that people were able to understand. People understood that he was, you know, everyone knows what he did, so I don't need to go into that again. What Paul Manafort did is much more in the ether. It's not necessarily an everyday thing. If you go to Iowa, Oklahoma, you know, certain parts of the country and say, oh, my gosh, can you believe from I think it was like tw- 2010 to 2014 or 2015 or something like that, he had issues with tax evasion and bank fraud and that kind of thing. People will understand the general concepts, but they won't have necessarily a tangible idea of what that means. They hear 15, I think it was a $15,000 ostrich jacket. You know, they hear that and they think, oh, my gosh, that's bananas. But they don't necessarily bananas, and that's something that will impact me this way. It's not as relatable of a charge. So a pardon to Paul Manafort, while, yes, seems very sleazy and seems very inside the family, very protect your own, very if you stay true to the president, he might stay true to you, and that is a big might, um, it doesn't necessarily seem it won't, in the public perception, I don't think it will seem as terrible as if he pardoned someone who had a physical or um, a, a racial or a physical or some sort of crime against a group of people. I think that's where he would really, this seems so far out there to people. And even myself, like I've read a couple of these things and I don't fully understand the um the nuances of it. So I imagine people right. who aren't necessarily following the news the same way that, you know, uh, you and Dan and Alan and Sharmila and Admiral Ken are doing, um, I think it will get a little bit lost on them. I think the headline will stick, but then it'll just be another day in the Trump administration. Admiral Ken, to Laura's point, I, I mean, does it in fact make sense for Manafort to just hey you know what I got convicted screw it I'll wait for Trump I mean is is there logic in that and for lack of a better well, term does the president I, get away with it I think I think I think there is a certain amount of logic to it um, if you'll recall um, I guess the last few days of the news cycle um, the president. Uh, has spoken very glowingly of Paul Manafort, where he's all for all practical pers- purposes thrown Michael Cohen underneath the bus. Uh, t- to uh, Laura's point, um, he's already discovered uh, his his pardon abilities, so it's going to be like uh, you know Saturday morning superheroes, you know Wonder 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 Twins activate. He's like, oh holy cow, I've got this new this new power, and so he's probably not wor- not uh, the president's not worried about it because he's you know, he's probably looking at, well, I took a bunch of heat for the Arpaio thing, and that's all blown over now. So I don't think, right. he's gonna think I don't think he's going to think twice about about pardoning uh, Paul Manafort. Um, okay. I, I, yeah, Admiral Ken, Admiral Ken, I need to break in real quick. Uh, breaking yep. news out of Alexandria, the Manafort jury has reached a verdict on eight counts. Again, this just breaking. NBC News is reporting that the Manafort jury has reached a verdict on eight counts. 
We're going to take a uh, two-minute break. We'll get more details on that. When we come back, we'll see what we've got, and we'll talk more about all the developments in the people's court of backroom politics. This is Backroom Politics Live on Blog Talk Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. D.C. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. This is Backroom Politics Live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host and moderator, Justin Russell, joining me as they do every Tuesday. Alan Moore, Laura Chavez, Dan Lipner, Admiral Ken Carradine, and of course, uh, forgot to introduce her, somewhere cross-country, our associate producer, Audrey Howerton. Hey, uh, we are following the breaking news out of Alexandria, Virginia. NBC News is reporting, and it has now been confirmed by AP, that the Manafort jury has reached verdicts on eight counts. We don't know what those verdicts are. They should be handed down any minute. We are monitoring the situation live. But uh, Dan Littner, uh, the fact that they've even got eight counts, the jury can still go back and consider 
the other uh, 10 counts, they're just handing down the ones that they've got consensus on. Is there a possibility we could see more indictments and more deliberation after this, uh, in, after this, after, uh, this verdict comes through? It depends on the judge. Uh, the fact that this amount of information has come out makes me think those eight counts are guilty, um, in part because if they're not guilty, Manafort has a huge interest in literally getting out of jail. Uh, so for that information to be released uh, and not to open up a different kettle of worms uh, for the case as far as uh, Manafort getting out of jail, I have to believe that he has to be guilty on at least those eight counts. But that said, it, it doesn't make sense to speculate too much beyond that. Uh, we'll get the news soon enough. Okay. All right. We just got word. NBC News is reporting that uh, Paul Manafort has been, in fact, convicted of felony tax evasion. The first five counts of the indictment handed down by a federal grand jury, again, Paul, uh, uh, Paul Manafort, the president's former campaign chairman, has been, in fact, convicted of five counts of uh, – has been found guilty, rather, of five counts of felony tax evasion. Um, Admiral, uh, Alan Moore, we're now starting to see a very dynamic situation developing here. You've got two people that were part of the closest inner circle of Donald Trump, and a year and a half into his presidency, this is now epic where his former personal attorney is uh, pleading a guilty plea in New York City federal court. Uh, His former campaign chair has been found guilty of tax evasion. We don't know about the other counts. Is this a sign that, hey, this is just the first strike of Mueller going to the heart of the president's inner circle? Well, it's, you know, it, it's hardly the first strike. It's, it's, it's a big strike, okay? Because remember, we've had a host of, of prior plea deals that Mueller put together, a host of indictments of Russians and others that, that, that Mueller put together. This was the, the Manafort trial was the first trial. The Manafort trial gets, you know, really is, is a key part of the Mueller investigation. Um, and it looks like almost by coincidence, the same day that, that Cohen who's much less part of the Mueller investigation, but obviously very problematic for the president. Uh, It looks like his deal is going to be announced the same day as, uh, as some, as, as at least breaking news regarding Manafort. I haven't seen any other confirmation that it was eight. uh, eight. I'm not saying it's not, that would be, I agree with Dan, but that would be the most logical conclusion. But I don't know, and Dan might know, uh, whether or others might know, um, is it, does it sometimes happen that eight verdicts will be announced and then the judge will send uh, the jury back in and say, see if you can come to agreement on any more of these? Um, uh, or, or do they wait for the, the, the entire resolution? Um, I don't know. If the NBC seems to be the 
only one that's reporting right now, at least that I can find, um, uh, that that they're they're eight guilty and, verdicts. That, yeah, and we've that, got to we've got to change we got to change that one, Alan, because uh, I want I, I want to break in. Uh, NBC had originally reported that they, that uh, five of the three counts. We're also finding out that the other three of the eight counts he's been convicted of is the bank fraud charges. So he's also now been convicted of three char- three counts of uh, felony bank fraud. Uh, those are the eight charges that it looks like is happening. Uh, we're still waiting to see the actual written indictment, but again, we're getting our sourcing from NBC News, right. uh, and they're there right. in the courthouse. So. Um, no, it's just weird that one. It's, it's strange that one one outlet would would have that information and and the others would not. But they're of course all in a big race. Let me let me say if I might a word about what Laura was saying about a, a, a Trump uh, pardon, um, and how people don't really understand this stuff. I disagree with that. Um, not that the president can't get away with it. Arpaio was pretty egregious, but. People do understand tax evasion, and people do understand that this guy, Paul Manafort, was accused and then, and then uh, found guilty by a jury, apparently, of concealing income in the millions of dollars, using that concealed income to support a lavish lifestyle, and, uh, and basically avoiding millions of dollars in taxes. People get that. People resent that. People tend to think that rich folks don't pay taxes and or cheat on their taxes. And if the president ultimately says, eh, it's only a few million dollars, never mind, um, uh, I just don't think that, that, uh, <laughs> that the public is, 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 uh, is not uh, able to capture that in, in personal direct uh, detail and resents it uh, in, right. in a big way. Right. Laura Chavez, let me, let me go to you and, and kind of feed off of that. Um, to me, if I'm in the White House, I, I am very scared right now that, you know, the swamp that the president had sworn to drain now seems to be, in fact, he seems to be knee, if not neck deep in it, with one with one of his closest allies now being convicted as as Alan pointed out of bank fraud and tax evasion, I mean people out in the Midwest, a lot of the base that elected Donald Trump were hoping he would get away from this, and yet you know they you know they see this guy getting convicted if Donald Trump does pardon Manafort. Uh, and these are his base is struggling to pay for uh, their mortgage payments, and they're struggling to, you know, find you know bank loans to pay for their kids' college. Is this is this conviction or is a possible pardon going to disrupt the base at all? Uh, I think. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, I think it's not going to hurt the base that much. Keep in mind, just a few weeks ago, uh, 
and Giuliani and every other person in the White House were doing the dance of uh, Manafort was only on the campaign for four or five months. Trump barely knew him. So they've already started the, uh, the whole walking everything back. They weren't that close, you know, albeit, you know, he was the campaign manager for four or five very crucial months. Uh, but they've already started to distance themselves from him. It's the same thing where Cohen was a really honest, great, upstanding guy. Now he's the scum of the earth. Um, Omarosa is one of your most trusted allies. Now she's a lying dog. So this is kind of, so this has been, I imagine someone saw this coming a little while ago and decided like, all right, we need to start distancing ourselves from Manafort just in case. This is when, you know, all the chickens come home to roost or whatever the phrase is. With that said, though, I think this will offend the base for a minute, but I don't think it's going to be enough to sway the base wholeheartedly. I think he's still going to have, I, I genuinely think people who are at their core supporters of Trump are able to look past a lot of these um, indiscretions is what I'll call them um, because they still believe in the make America great idea. They still believe in bringing back jobs. They still believe in all of the prompt, uh, stronger borders. They still believe in law and order. That has been one of the rallying cries since he announced down that escalator. You know, he is the one. So they are seeing like, okay, well, yeah, he had this guy w very close to him and he was a terrible person, yada, yada, yada. But A, he got him out of, he left the campaign, so there's that distance. Two, he's already saying, well, we barely knew him, so there's that distance. And three, yes, you know what, he's probably going to come out and say, Giuliani will probably come out and say on a Sunday show of some sort that, you know, Manafort, well, he probably is being, he's probably the victim of yet another witch hunt. Uh, this is all about trying to victimize the president, therefore tugging at the heartstrings of his base who is, will hear that and say, you know what, you're right. They're attacking someone who's close to the president. That's not fair to him. Why won't they just let him be? He's doing great things. He's, you know, in their eyes, in many Republican eyes, uh, especially his base, he's doing great things, be it bringing, attempting to bring back coal, pulling back regulations, putting someone in a position of power to write legislation about uh, environmental um, laws and procedures. So they're seeing all of those things as promises kept, and this is going to be a blip on the radar to his base, to be quite honest. And, uh, Admiral Ken, you know, this um, uh, this has got to make even some of uh, Donald Trump's kids, you're talking about Don Jr., you're talking about Eric, you're talking about uh, the Kushners, this has got to make them nervous because if they can get to this close, and they and by the way, the other piece of news we have reported is that uh, the Mueller uh, team has postponed the sentencing hearing on General Michael Flynn. There's a lot of balls rolling towards a very deep hole for the administration and the president. Uh, is there anything the president can do at this point, to possibly uh, stop the juggernaut that is the Mueller investigation. So um, three three things. Uh, I'll answer your your last question first. 
the one thing that he could probably do is to fire fire uh, Mueller, and that will come along with uh, a constitutional crisis and a um, uh, a news explosion of its very own that I think will dwarf anything that we have seen heretofore. Uh, number two, um, as much as it might be fun to have their money, I refuse to let myself get in the minds of uh, Donald Trump's kids um, and what they might be worried about. Um, I think it's it's important to note, though, that almost to a person, uh, everyone that has aligned themselves with Donald Trump has been slimed by him so far, almost to a person. Um, and then finally, I'm thinking about um, – what some of the comments have been as to the um, the impact of this of, of the Manafort trial. Uh, let's let's think about it in reverse. Uh, if Manafort had been found innocent of of, of the, uh, the the eight counts that he has now been convicted of, uh, would that have uh, negatively impacted Robert Mueller's work or positively impacted uh, Robert Mueller's work? Uh, I think it's clear to say that there is some level of vindication of the fact that there is a there there and that Mueller and his team need to be able to finish their investigation. Lord Charles, does in fact that now we've got uh, Paul Manafort with at least the bank fraud charges, the, the charges that are still outstanding are the foreign sources of income, the foreign revenue stuff, uh, the money that he got directly from Cypriot banks full of Russian and Ukrainian money. We, the question is, is, um, is, are we starting to see almost a connecting of the dots now? Should Paul Manafort be convicted of the foreign money reporting? That kind sure. of leads into the front end of Russia. And Laura, before you answer, if I can just chime in real quick. Um, the Associated yeah. Press NBC, Fox News, and ABC are all reporting that um, the judge declared a mistrial in the remaining 10 counts against Manafort. Wow. Okay. That's, that's interesting news. Um, for, for failure to so, reach a unanimous verdict. So they're, what it means is they're done. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what happens now is the federal, the, the federal prosecutor, I mean, they have now and, and let me bring back uh, our in-house legal uh, legal counsel, uh, Dan Littner. Dan, um, you just heard Audrey report that uh, they have done guilty on eight felony counts and a mistrial on the other ten. What does that say to you as a lawyer? Uh, it says Manafort did it, and he's going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that instead of going to the Cooley Law School? Good grief. So, <laughs> so it, 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 with, with, with a bit more detail, so it changes everything. Um, what is so that, declaring, what a, declaring a mistrial, and we don't know what the head count and how many jurors were on which side. It could have been one or two holdouts. Uh, for a, a conviction on all counts. Um, it could have been one or two holdouts for an acquittal on the remaining 10 counts. That we don't know, and we may never know. Uh, so it, it depends on the judge and whether or not those kind of details are released. 
and whether or whether or not any of the jurors decide to go public with the information of about deliberations. That said, there there is now a significantly more of a bargaining position for for the state, meaning the prosecutors. You have the conviction in hand. Manafort is welcome to appeal, but the sentencing phase can go forward for those eight convictions. And what he chooses to do with the rest of his life can now be dictated based on the next step of the trial and whether or not the prosecutors come back and say, okay, are you ready to bargain now? That's to be seen. If it does go back to a second trial, then the the, uh, prosecution doesn't need to cover all 18 counts. They're now down to 10. And if they can explain to a different jury and get them to convict on those 10, 10 points, then he's, he's down on all counts. The, everyone's interests change now, and, the, and the, on the side of the state, uh, their ability to bargain it goes up significantly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens now because everyone's seats at the so, table have changed. So, Dan, let me, let me ask you this question. Point blank, is this a victory for the administration in Manafort, or is this a victory for Mueller? It's a victory for proof that there are witches. This is a victory for Mueller, make no mistake. Um, and, and the big loser here is Paul Manafort. What's interesting to remember about the, about the, the five tax uh, uh, convictions is that's where the money is. So, so in terms of Manafort, not only is he facing – a significant time in prison for the eight, uh, eight convictions. But this is also about the money. He was way overextended. That helped feed his desire both to cheat on his taxes and presumably to cheat on, uh, on the way he bought these houses. So he is going to have to give up um, most uh, I mean, he's paid out millions of dollars in legal fees. He hasn't been earning any money, but he's going to have to disgorge uh, him, his, him and his wife of the assets. They've got four or five different houses, um, whatever other uh, bank accounts and resources too. they have in America. This is massive, massive pain, um, uh, devastating pain uh, for for him, uh, for his uh, for his wife, um, and whether the I think and Dan would know better than this in terms of timing. So we've got ten uh, ten unresolved counts. Uh, interestingly, no acquittals anywhere. Um, and and uh, you know no non not guilties anywhere. And and uh, uh, and then he's got another case in September. So my guess is. That, but but tell me if I'm wrong here. I, the, the the government's got a fair amount of time before they decide whether to recharge on the ten counts. They may decide that on the eight the eight counts are su- sufficiently serious to 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 get most of the penalty that they would want against Manafort anyhow. Right. Plus, but there's the, another the there's another aspect federal case coming up. Yeah. yeah, there's another aspect to this, Dan, and, and I, I know Alan and Dan cor- and check my math on this. Uh, the other aspect is they've got felony convictions on Manafort. I mean, they can now 
try and flip them, try and get them to go. I mean, there's another option that the federal government, that, that, that the um, U.S. attorney can do here, and that option is say, you know what, we're just going to drop the other 10, we're good with this 8, and we'll see them in D.C. federal court. Uh, that, that, too, is an option. There's a lot of options here. And they no, that's the option to... I'm talking about. I just don't know how long they have to decide right, whether right, to, right, right. Okay. to retry these 10. My hunch is they, they'll drop it because they've got eight major convictions where oh, yeah. all the money is. Oh. Yeah, oh, oh, absolutely. Now, we got a break, and we got more breaking news. We can't keep up with this. We're going to, go to, we're going to announce this breaking news, and then when we come back, we'll talk about that aspect. And we haven't even talked about the White House attorney yet and what McGahn's been doing. But let's talk about this. Uh, the New York Times is reporting, as is NBC News, um, that uh, Michael Cohen has pleaded – wow, the irony on this is amazing – has pleaded guilty in New York federal court in the Southern District of New York to eight, count, eight felony charges and – Cohen has said in open court under oath, he says that, quote, he was directed by a candidate to violate federal election law. That's going to be epic. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get some more details on this. Uh, When we come back, we're going to continue talking about what's going on in New York, what's going on in Alexandria, and what's happening with Don McGahn in the White House. This is Backroom Politics, the best local stock show you've never heard of, and we're making our money today. We'll be back in three minutes. Stay with us.
politics. And we're back here for the best political talk show you've never heard of. This is Backroom Politics live on Blog Talk Radio from the National Capital Region, Washington, D.C. Uh, joining me as they do every Tuesday, Alan Moore, Admiral Ken Carradine, uh, Daniel Lipner, Esquire, and Laura Chavez. Hopefully Laura Chavez will join us back. We'll get a uh, connection back with her. Okay. Uh, for the first hour, we've been, if you're just joining us, for the first hour, we've been covering all kinds of breaking news. Let's start with the first big one. Uh, again, uh, as reported earlier on this show and, and confirmed by NBC News and AP, uh, Paul Manafort, the former chair of President Trump's 2016 presidential election campaign, has been found guilty and has been convicted on eight felony counts. A mistrial has been declared on the other charges. Manafort was convicted on five counts of tax fraud, one count of failing to file reports of foreign bank and financial accounts, and two counts of felony bank fraud. That on top of, we are now following the the breaking story out out of Southern Manhattan, where in a federal court in New York City, the president's former personal attorney has pled guilty to eight counts uh, of eight counts of charges in a deal with the U.S. Southern District or the U.S. Attorney's Office Southern District of New York. We are awaiting to find out what those are. However, reports are coming out from the AP that it might be this might be happening, and Dan, I need your advice on this. Well, I need your insight on this. Apparently, according to AP and now NBC, the president possibly has been named as a un uh, as a uh, uncharged co-conspirator. Is that is that terminology right, Dan? An unnamed, uh, unnamed sure. co-conspirator. An unnamed co-conspirator. I'm sorry. That, that, um, the misnomer in that case. What, what's that, Dan? That unnamed would be a, a a misnomer, though. If if the language that again, I I haven't seen the reporting, but if the language you're saying that a presidential candidate, uh, unless Cohen had another client uh, <laughs> that was also running for president this cycle, then I suppose it's possible it's somebody other than the president. However, uh, yes, uh, unnamed or Unindicted. That's it. It is possible. Yes. Is is that? What does that mean? Explain to everybody what that means, basically. Well, hang hang on. Let me let me help Dan out here because Dan hasn't seen any of the reporting. There's nobody using the term unindicted co-conspirator. What is being reported, Dan? What what's being reported is that Cohen admitted. In, in his appearance in court to making payments to two women at the right. direction of an unidentified candidate for political office, and that those payments, according to Cohen, were made to influence the outcome of the election. So he's acknowledging that violation. He's not naming Trump. The court is no. not indicting anybody right now. So it, it, it is extre- it, it's clearly pointing at the president. But I don't think that using the term "unindicted co-conspirator" is no, the no, relevant but, term. And we, and at we, corrected, this point. we corrected it as an unnamed 
Okay. It, it, the, like no, no, said, no. The this is the this is what Cohen has apparently said, but but unindicted, uh, you know, co-conspirator. Those are things that I believe that that prosecutors utilize. This is Cohen's statement. Now, it it may be that <laughs> that information will will become relevant and used and and, and so on. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to help Dan because he hasn't seen right. the report. And, and Dan, yeah, let, let yeah, me go back yeah, to you. Help it. me out here. So, Let me go back to this. Dan, as an unnamed co-conspirator, I mean, as you pointed out, unless unless Michael Cohen had another political candidate running for office in the time of the indictment and money was paid and told to violate laws by said candidate, you could literally connect those dots to back to the White House. Is that a legal standpoint? It is a legal standpoint, but as far as Cohen's statement, uh, we shouldn't go too broad here. It essentially is a statement made in open court, thus in the record and under oath, and it can also be considered to take some additional weight as far as whether or not it is fact. That is obviously also a decision for the trier of fact or a jury at some point later. However, the fact that he has said this under oath in open court means that this is now evidence for additional prosecution or, or trial. And for somebody who who uh, did indeed direct this kind of activity, uh, there is grounds for direct investigation of that or searching for more witches, including the witch that directed the other witch, uh, said presidential <laughs> candidate. Um, there is plenty of room for an investigator to continue and potentially bring charges. Okay. Um, Alan Moore, if in fact, uh, if in fact Michael Cohen has uh, named or has unnamed co-conspirator and has given testimony and his plea deal on that, is that going to set off a lot of fire alarms at the White House? Well, look, this is this is a, a true day from hell for President Trump. Um, uh, the, the 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 Mueller team has got new, you know, new vigor, new legs. Not that they were weak, but it it, it certainly strengthens them. And and Cohen has uh, has has cut a deal. He's apparently not. Uh, there's reports that 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 part of his deal is not to include cooperation with investigators. Um, having said that. Uh, this statement of his of an unidentified candidate who asked him to do these things um, uh, is is nothing but problematic uh, for the president. Um, it, it's uh, it's not exactly new news, however, because the president pr- has already proven to have lied on this whole question when he on an airplane denied knowing anything about it and said, you'd have to ask Michael Cohen. Um, and then later acknowledged that, that, uh, that Cohen had been reimbursed and, uh, and it, uh, by, by the Trump organization. Um, and, and so this was always going to be a, uh, an issue for, for the president, what we had not seen before other than rumor and reports of possibility is apparently in court, 
um, or e- 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 either Cohen said this or it was in a written statement. I don't know which it was, um, but it clearly it would have been something that he would have signed. So it would have the force of, of uh, saying it under oath. It would be an affidavit, um, uh, a, a, a signed uh, a plea agreement. Um, and and uh, it's, it, is, it is one more piece of the day from hell for President Trump. But it's not like it's breakthrough, something we've never thought about or heard about, or in, in effect, that kind of been acknowledged. It just takes it one more step. Yeah. Admiral Ken, you know, with, 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 as Alan pointed out, this being a day from hell for the president and the White House, is, is there a possibility that Trump could react and do something absolutely nutty and just have another uh, Friday night or his version of a Friday night massacre and just wipe everybody out and saying, look, this is a witch hunt. I don't believe it. I'm pardoning uh, Manafort. I'm pardoning Flynn. I'm pardoning the whole lot of them. I'm firing Mueller. I mean, is there a possibility and what kind of destruction would that cause? Yes. Okay, thanks a lot for elaborating, Ken. Uh, yeah, so so we've already talked about the fact that, you know, that I think, you know, quite frankly, the reason that he, he has not gone um, gone directly against Robert Mueller uh, is, is that he's getting lots of lots and lots of really loud counsel uh, from friends, uh, family, and maybe even that little that, that 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 little shrinking voice that he he's got that most of us listen to all the time that he he doesn't in a positive way tell him if you do this you're going to make things worse. So yeah, I think it's a real possibility. But I think you know sufficiently agitated, uh, I, I think anything anything is possible here. I, I really do. And I've 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 long since given up the hope that Donald Trump is going to do the right thing. When given an opportunity to do what's going to uh, serve his interests best, whatever he deserves those to be. Dan Lipner, Dan Lipner, how big of a constitutional crisis would that cause, or would it? The president chooses to pardon everyone he sees in front of him. And then, and then, well, if, you know, you're talking about pardoning at least Flynn, Manafort. Uh, 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 Papadopoulos, uh, does you know? Does he pardon uh, Cohen if he were to do that and and fire the special counsel? What kind of crisis does that create constitutionally and legally? Well, it creates an immediate problem for him uh, politically. Let's start there. Um, in which case, the next question is. Uh, I will light my lantern yet again, looking for Republicans with a spine on Capitol Hill to stand up for everything they proclaim to have stood for before, law, justice, the Constitution, the Republic, any of that stuff. Um, Because at the end of the day, the president does have a great deal of power, and unless Congress chooses to check him, it all the the Congress to actually bring articles to first investigate and then potentially articles of impeachment. That's where the real question is. 
This president is clearly not restrained by anything other than those who choose to restrain him. And so the question is whether or not Congress acts. And if the Republican Congress does not act now, will the Democratic Congress choose to act uh, in January? That's the question. Alan Ward, Jan brings up a, 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 a valid point here. Is are, is this conviction and possibly the statement by Cohen is being reported by several news outlets, uh, is, is this going to start having the Republicans on the Hill start second-guessing how much backing they put towards Trump, or are they going to be forever Trump forevermore? No, I think these guys are <laughs> questioning every single solitary day um, uh, the dilemma that they're in. Um, the, let's remember, though, what happened today, even though I, I, I said the day from hell for Trump, it's just that Mueller gets new wind and and Cohen cuts a deal. Um, the worst thing in the it, it, for the day, though, uh, is not uh, is not that Manafort was convicted because it looked like uh, for all anybody who was paying attention, that he really had evaded taxes um, to the tune of millions of dollars, and 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 that's what uh, that's what the jury said, um, and it looked like he committed some some bank fraud along the way. That's what the jury said. Cohen, his, his convictions, his key convictions here are about about uh, about money, about fraud of his own, and then. Along the way is this matter of him uh, acknowledging that uh, he, uh, he, inter- he, he contributed money uh, at the direction of an un- so far unidentified, but clearly we're talking about the president candidate. Um, and that's, that's not insignificant, but it's not a massive development. And the president himself, even though lying at the, at the beginning, later said – yeah, he got repaid. Those FEC violations, not unimportant, not trivial, are have, have never been an impeachable offense. Um, and so that now impeach, impeachable is in the eye of the beholder. You know, an impeachable means a majority of the House uh, says it's impeachable, and then it is. Um, it's it's not it's not collusion with the Russians. Uh, it's uh, Paying off some money to uh, to uh, an adult, to an adult film star with whom he apparently had a, a relationship, and he wanted to buy her silence, and probably wasn't even aware of the the FEC violation. Not that that is uh, makes him innocent, but it's the kind of thing that I believe usually leads to a fine uh, for the campaign. Um, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for him personally. Um, presumably Cohen does other embarrassing stuff, but it's not clear from what I read about this deal that Cohen is promising to provide any any embarrassing well, me, stuff. Prosecutors may have information, but you know I don't I don't see the, you know it, it, it it's, it's a it's a grotesque day for the president, but right. but no, I don't but, see that it. Fundamentally changes the 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 arithmetic of, Alan, of, of let me impeachment. To, Alan, let me go to Dan Littner. Uh, Dan, as far as the uh, elections violations, 
as Alan pointed out, a majority of what we've seen come out of uh, elections violations have been misdemeanor or civil fines. Uh, do you know of when these fines go to felony? Or are there felony violations of federal elections law? The short answer is I don't actually know. Uh, the I, 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 There are all sorts of things that are great civil penalties, and to some extent it doesn't take too much to, to get around or fix any problems that you might have there. To reach a criminal level, uh, and actually to a, a criminal felony level, I'm honestly not certain. I'll do a little research and get back to you. Let me let me say I've seen some reports that that uh, that the Obama campaign was fined three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars for failing to report some of the some donations that it received. It wasn't of a kind similar to to Stormy Daniels. It was a whole different set of things, but it was the same same church, different pew, if you'll pardon the expression. Um, and they paid a fat fine, but but uh, in my hunch is that that's what what happened here. This has got this whole sordid aspect, personally embarrassing, et cetera. But basically, Cohen paid one hundred and thirty thousand dollars for something to help out uh, the the president during the campaign, and uh, it was not reported, and uh, and you get fined for that, and you get slapped on the hand, and you get publicly shamed. And the, the the details are doubly shaming in this particular case. Right. Typically, I think they're handled by fines. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a little bit more to it than that because there's also the deliberate nature of it. So the there are a whole bunch of technical violations that can happen between here and there. I mean, a, a, a former candidate of mine, uh, thankfully, it didn't occur until well after I was a part of the campaign, but reporting the use of an airplane uh, was incorrect, and there is a rather there's not an insignificant penalty for that being for that not being reported. Now that's a little bit different from sitting in a dark room, it or a alleged dark room or whatever, and trying to deliberately try and figure out a way around not reporting something. It's uh, the, the the technical language is escaping me, but there there's a the deliberateness of the act. Is is a different creature. Um, well, that said, I've, you're assuming, I've, yeah, but, but I think you got to be careful. You've you got to be careful in, in in the assumptions you make here. My hunch is that Donald Trump had no idea in hell that that this was going to be an illegal act. What he was trying to do was conceal an embarrassing act. That would be my hunch. I don't know. Maybe he knew about federal more about federal election law in this instance than he's known in any other instance that, that, that I've been aware of. Um, but, but my hunch is he, he said, shut her up, do what you have to do, which is probably what he's been doing with Michael Cohen for the last 20 years. And not realizing, not realizing. Sir, I didn't know the speed limit is not a defense for speeding. Thank you. But, but but you were but but you're just making that same point, Dan. When you say somebody didn't report a, a, a flight because they didn't realize that that <sighs> they that they had to or that it was illegal, it's one thing to 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 uh, to break the speed limit and 
and and not realize what the speed limit was. It's another thing to know exactly what the speed limit is and say to hell with it. I'm going to go speed anyway. Um, uh, and, so let and, me jump intent, in. Intent matters, and, and we don't let me, know. Let me yet. We just let don't me jump in. To let me jump in. The intent to take action. That's that's one of those. That's one of the important criteria in in mens rea when you're talking about legal culpability. It is not your intent to violate the law. It's your intent to take the action. All right, let me jump in. Let me jump in here real quick. And 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 one thing I do want to point out. Number one, because actually this is something I know about, but since I'm moderator, I try not to put on my pundit hat. Look, there is there is the ability. This this goes back to uh, the uh, the case against uh, John Edwards back in 2011. You know when he when he made the payments out of his account to Riel Hunter for hush money. That qualified at least in the eyes of the, of the U.S. attorney as an illicit contribution, and that was enough to constitute felony charges in violations of the federal elections uh, law. The thing about it is, is what they didn't do is show the intent because they didn't have stuff like tapes of Trump talking about this with his lawyer. This could be a very serious problem for the president uh, if, if Mueller wants to go down this road. Uh, and again, Dan, you're the attorney, and check my math on this, but – the way I see it is I think that the Cohen deal is a lot more dangerous and a lot more damaging to the president than the Manafort deal is, quite frankly. Because if that's the case, if Mueller wants to dig on this as an unnamed co-conspirator and it does come out in an investigation, it was the president, that there is a whole situation of well, we don't need you to testify. I've got enough evidence to indict you right now. Now, the question comes back is, you know, can they, in fact, indict a seated president? That's the constitutional crisis. I think it arises. Um, Ken, this has got a lot of people scratching their heads right now. Well, uh, you know, I, I – so I think there's a lot of inside baseball conversation going on here. And, and, and the reason I say that is because, one, I didn't go to law school. And the only lawyers I really talked to are Dan and Sharmila. Um, and, that, and I just keep them around in case I might need them one day. Um, so I, I think Alan put a, put a, a good, uh, a good um, moniker on this, and that's, this is, this is a, a, you know, the worst day of uh, Trump's presidency to date. And I think it, it kind of blows a hole in the whole I'm only going to bring in the best people uh, aspect of, of Trump's campaign speech. I mean he obviously has not brought in the best people. My fear is – and you, you alluded to this earlier um, – is that in a fit of rage, uh, frustration, um, uh, just you know, ego, th- that, that, that the president will do something. That we'll spend uh, a good amount of time not only talking about, but also 
truly, truly worrying about. Um, and, and it could be anything from, you know, uh, starting up something with North Korea again or NATO just to keep just to keep our eyes focused on what he wants us to look at versus what he does not want us to look at. Alan Moore, because, again, we're getting a lot of information right now. Uh, Right now we're getting word out of uh, New York One that Cohen has pled guilty to tax and bank fraud. Uh, we don't know the bigger details of that. Uh, there was just a a, um, a, uh, a press conference given by the prosecutors outside the federal courthouse in New York City. But again, we're getting from New York One, which is the local news station up in New York City, that uh, Michael Cohen pled guilty to charges of tax and bank fraud, eight counts. And we don't know the breakdown of that. So we're trying to figure that out. It is, um, it is an interesting day. We're going to continue this coverage. When we come back, this is Backroom Politics. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back for, for, for what it's worth, just before we go to yeah. break real quick, we did actually pull yeah. up uh, in front of a computer the federal sentencing guidelines. And, yes, there is uh, the federal sentencing guidelines do allow for a term of not more than 20 years uh, for uh, – Federal elections uh, reporting violations, so, which, which well, confirms which which confirms what I said earlier. So thank you for that. I appreciate that, man. I should have been a lawyer. We'll be back in two minutes. Stay with us, everybody. Thank you. 
room politics. And this is a now special edition of Backroom Politics, uh, the best political talk show you've never heard of. I am your host and moderator, Justin Russell, joining me as they are every Tuesday. Dan Littner, Esquire, Alan Moore, Admiral Ken Carradine. Uh, Sharmila is somewhere in the European continent. Uh, Audrey Howerton is somewhere That's between here and California. And uh, hopefully we'll get uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get Laura Chavez back on the line, but she's usually joining us from Chicago. Uh, in case you had just joined us in the last half hour of the live broadcast, uh, again, let's just go over what we've been talking about. In Alexandria Federal Court, the former chair of the president's 2016 campaign, Paul Manafort, has been found guilty of eight felony charges. Uh, he has uh, been found, or the, there's been found a mistrial regarding the other 10 charges. And in New York Federal Court, in the Southern District of New York in Manhattan, Michael Cohen, the president's former attorney, has pled guilty to eight counts of tax and bank fraud. And we're still trying to dissect it. News is still coming in. Uh, we're waiting to see. Uh, in fact, we're now uh, seeing pictures of, of Michael Cohen walking out of the federal courthouse in Lower Manhattan into a into a vehicle. Uh, so he's not been remanded, which means that he's got some deal that he's going home tonight. How long we don't know. Um, let's go back to to what happens from here. Um, Alan Moore, do do we see the possibility of Robert Mueller's team now seeing blood in the water getting more aggressive, or do they hold the course to try not to draw too much focus on them? So I think that the Mueller team stays exactly on course. There's no jumping around. Yeah, we got him now. No excitement. You know, I think you, you you always feel bad when somebody's life is blown apart and and uh, Manafort's has been crumbling and and now it, it it's just in pieces on the ground. Uh, there are reports that his legal team says he's considering his options, but remember, an appeal would go to a federal court of appeal, and 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 their best chance was that a jury would be confused by all this evidence that was that was that was uh, very powerful. And uh, so they have to decide, do we want to spend the time and the effort and the money to, to try to appeal it? Or do we want to, if we got any, if we got anything to deal, you know, that's always been a question whether Manafort really has anything to give the, on the other side. I think what we're, what I'm looking forward to is what Rudy Giuliani has to say, because this man who says truth isn't truth has got two new subjects. He can talk about, he can say, Hey, the, there was a hung jury on 10 counts against Paul Manafort. Um, and uh, with regard to, uh, to Cohen, um, hey, he's got himself some problems. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, his legal problems are also now the president's legal problems, at least with regard to the, uh, the, the, the concealed federal election spending. And they, they, we can have two versions of what the president knew and what Cohen knew and so on. Um, and then, as I said earlier, we don't know what else Cohen, ha- what 
what if, if, even if Cohen doesn't want to give up what he knows, which I would you know guess that he might want to hold off and 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 see if he can <laughs> try to be protective of the president in the hope of some kind of a of a of a commutation or whatever uh, pardon. Um, uh, we don't know what's in his files. We don't know what other kinds of sins uh, are are revealed in his files, uh, sins that the president might have been involved in that are prosecutable, not while the president is his president, presumably, but when he's gone. Um, it, it's, uh, uh, but Giuliani will find some way to muck it up and, uh, and step all over his uh, privates again, talking about what truth is and what it is not. I mean, Rudy did run for president. Maybe he's going to say that Cohen was really uh, doing his own bidding for Rudy's presidential run. I mean, maybe Rudy will fall the sword that way. <laughs> so, are you are you, are you saying Rudy in are you saying Rudy in twenty twenty? Rudy already ran. Rudy ran lost badly, <laughs> and he Admiral continues Ken. and he continues to lose. Oh, good God. The two of you are encouraged. We'll put you all in timeout. Admiral Ken, uh, when when you look at I, – I, we're in, we've got to anticipate that this is going to send the president over the top. Is this a total, point total, where – Total, apple, total apoplex is coming. I mean, total do, apoplex. Do you, I mean, are you just waiting for the tweet storm that happened any minute? I, I'm surprised the first one hasn't shown up yet. But, you know, typically it's not until after Hannity goes off the air that he really gets gets wound up. So, um, yeah, we, we I think I think a good indicator of, 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 uh, of what the president's going to say and how he's going to say it, uh, you'll pick up after Hannity's commentary tonight if you can basically hold your nose long enough to watch it. So. Well, here's the question. Is, it, is If you're John Kelly, do you go and grab the phone out of the president's hand at this moment? Uh, I, I think General Kelly is smart enough to know that probably the best thing to do is to Uber home tonight, right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan Moore, do you foresee any resignations as a result of this? Any resignations? I mean, it doesn't directly it doesn't directly affect the administration or anybody in it. But is this going to be enough of a smoke signal to say? I'm not sticking around. I'm not going to be the last one standing when the music stops. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, I, I noticed that the that, that the market uh, reacted a little bit after hours when this stuff was breaking um, and uh, and went negative. Uh, that's, that's in the futures market um, where you can bet on what the market's going to do in other right. countries. It, it wasn't a massive decline, but but it was like half a percent, which is not trivial. Um, we'll see what happens. It, it, it's, uh, you know, there's nothing here other than the timing and the, the details of the, of the, the, uh, the, the verdict on Manafort. Um, there, there's nothing here that was a big surprise if you think about it. Um, yep. Uh, and and at least that's how that that that's my take on it. Having said that, there were lot, there were plenty of denials. You know, the president had separated himself from Manafort, but then he was throwing out little. He's a good guy. He's been unfairly treated, um, in, in sort of his way of, of of kind of trying to maintain a level of hope among the Manafort people of a pardon. Um, 
I, I'm, I am not expecting a pardon of Manafort because the sin is stealing from everybody else, stealing from the federal government, not paying millions of dollars in taxes that were due. Um, that's, that, that's, not a, 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 that's not a hard concept. So, yeah. and I don't know that the president wants to, to be associated with that. We'll see, you know. It, it, uh, and, and I don't know what I don't know what else Manafort has. I got to wonder. I never thought he had much. That's I got to wonder. Go ahead. I got to wonder. I mean, with and you know, and I think quite frankly, we sitting outside of, the, of this whole process, um, watching it on, on unfold on television and reading about it in the newspapers and, and news magazines, we only had. Um, a sliver of the information that was available to the jury, and I really like to know what 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 Manafort and his attorneys were smoking to think they could basically dodge this one without making a deal. I don't get it. I mean, apparently, you know, as dumb as people like to say Michael Cohen is, Michael Cohen, you know, today is basically the smart guy out of the two. He's walking home. That's true. That is true. Right. Uh, Paul Manafort but he's also, going to, he's also going to jail. <laughs> yeah, he will be eventually. And well, I don't know way. that. I, I don't know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't, oh. I don't think we know that. He's going to make it. I, you oh, know, I, think, deal. I, I think we do know I, that. I think that, that that's the rest of his life. There's, that's, there's a lot of people there. Oh, hold on, hold on. You know, he's probably looking at three to five years. That's kind of the speculation. Dan, Dan Lipner? No, I was saying that there is a lot of leeway as far as like five years and what that actually means. The the technical conviction and even a – there are a lot of things that can happen between here and there as far as yep. how, how his sentence is served. So it's hard for me to believe – that if if he has indeed flipped on the president and said these things in open court, he has already feathered his bed to make sure that there is as soft a landing as is possible, considering what's at stake. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. Uh, we're now getting uh, we're now seeing pictures of President Trump in public for the first time since this news broke. He is in Charleston, West Virginia, for a Trump-style rally, uh, these comments are going to be hyper-interesting. So there's going to be a lot of people watching tonight to see how this goes. Hey, the, the other thing I want to talk about before, while we've got everybody on the line, and, and we didn't get to it, unfortunately, is the situation with White House counsel uh, Don McGahn. Uh, for those who have not heard, Don McGahn has been reported in the New York Times and Washington Post articles has spent over 30 hours in discussion and dialogue with the special counsel's team. Uh, let me start with you, Admiral Ken. How significant is that? Well, um, I, I think it's a big deal. I mean, uh, I, Justin, I love you. I can't imagine sitting down talking to you for 30 hours. <laughs> I don't, know. I, I don't. I don't think we've got that much to say that hasn't already been said. <laughs> Alan Moore, let me ask you this: you, you, You've been a member of the administration. The role of Don McGahn, White House Counsel, he represents 
the interests of the office of the president rather than the president himself. Does how does Don McGahn walk that tight wire of protecting the executive office and the man himself, or can he? He can't. Um, and the president has never understood the role of White House counsel, which is one of the sources of tension between these two guys. But I think that, that somewhere McGahn and others persuaded the president early on, you re- recall, when there was a whole different legal team advising the president, let's cooperate with Mueller. Let's give him anybody he wants in the White House. Let's not uh, invoke executive privilege or, in this case, attorney-client privilege, because technically he's not really a personal lawyer anyway. Executive privilege would have been the one. And the pre- Get it all out there, Mr. President, and they will be done soon. Well, it turned out not to work out like that uh, because the, the Mueller team kept finding stuff, finding stuff about Russians, finding stuff about a few people close to the president, and then there's been this long, long conversation about whether the president should appear uh, before Mueller. There is no way in hell that he's ever going to do that, especially after today. Um, but I, I would have said this last week, but, but now I say it with even greater conviction. But with 30 hours worth of, of, of McGahn um, and uh, testimony from a host of other White House people, the Lance Priebus's of the world and so on, they basically have got to have about 90%, 95% of what they, what, what they would have gotten. What they don't get is a chance to trip up the president, to lead the president down a road where he thinks he's smart and he knows what he's doing um, and, and, and stumbles and gets himself into more trouble. I mean, I just don't see any way under – unless it's a written interrogatory on a few questions – where the questions are submitted to him and he gives him an answer in response. I do not see any kind of a face-to-face. I just reread the four hours of testimony that, that President Bill Clinton gave to the Ken Starr crowd about Monica Lewinsky. Why four would hours. you do that? Why would you? Dude, well, you got to play, play more golf. you got to get a life. Yeah, you got to get out. Of, you got to get out more, Alan. Really, I know. Golf season's hot. It didn't take me – well, I, we had a massive thunderstorm here today, and it didn't take four hours to, to read it. But, I, but what, I was think, <laughs> what I was trying to do was think about President Trump in an environment like that um, and compare him to, to President Clinton. The pre- President Clinton stumbled and had some challenges, and he he'd made earlier mistakes and – I mean, it, 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 was, it, I, it was fascinating to me. These transcripts have only recently become available. Um, not that I was waiting for them. I read some article, and I thought, oh, I wonder what those look like. And I read, and it was like, then it was kind of compellingly fascinating. Anyway, thinking about that, reading that, anybody who thinks that, 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 that Trump should go testify should take a look at that. You don't have to read all four hours' worth and think, oh, my God. This is this would just be nuts, completely nuts. Um, and and it'll never happen. I think you should testify. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Dan Lipner, if you're a Democrat, since you're the only one on the line right now, uh, how much do you want to see Donald Trump going there going, I'll show them 
I don't need lawyers to tell me what to say. I am the world's best negotiator. It would be like if Christmas and Hanukkah came on the same day. (laughs) (laughs) No, it would be like today. Manafort and Cohen in one day. You don't know he's hit them, but when you do, they do go long. Oh, man. <laughs> is John is, is McGann, uh, and let me let me go back to Dan, uh, Dan Lipner, is John is, is McGann uh, able to be a resource for Mueller? Because, I mean, we haven't heard the White House invoke attorney-client privilege on White House counsel yet, which surprises everybody. Uh, are you a shock? What's that? Executive privilege would have been the more logical one, I think. Anyway, go ahead. But, but, even, but even then, they haven't invoked that either. Oh, I mean, Dan, no, no, I know. Yeah, I mean, but, but, but Dan Littner, even without executive privilege, without attorney-client privilege being invoked, and quite frankly, Don McGahn's not going to invoke it on himself, is, is Don McGahn going to protect himself in the office in a way that could put Trump's administration in jeopardy? Well, well, first thing, the attorney-client privilege is not owned by the attorney. It's owned by the client. So what? in this case, Don McGahn's client is the presidency, not the president, and the presidency doesn't have that kind of privilege. Executive privilege, to Alan's point, there actually can be a claim there. But it seems clear that Don McGahn, and based on this reporting that Don McGahn has, has met and said whatever, and answered whatever questions were asked of him, it seems pretty clear that he wants absolutely no part of, of, of Donald Trump's legal liability thrust upon him. So he is playing this straight and narrow and following the rule of law as as he sees it, outright and and not pl- and not playing games with this, and to his credit, he he sees the history of that that Donald Trump doesn't seem to know how to read, spell, watch, or even remotely understand of John Dean saying, uh-uh, no, I'm not doing this. I I will follow the law. I will do my job and let let things go where they may. I I, I didn't do anything wrong here, and I am. And I am representing the office, the office of the president, not the president. Uh, does, does I mean I mean because we saw the president call John Dean a rat over the weekend, or compared <laughs> uh, certain folks to being a rat over the weekend as well. Um, yes, but almost mafia-esque kind of words. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Dan, you're on fire today, uh, Admiral Ken. The, the the result of and again we haven't even seen all the fallout of the rest of the Amarosa tapes which we have not talked about uh, are are we literally I mean which is going to come first New Year's or a new president Admiral Ken uh, New Year's yeah wow, New Year's okay. uh, I, I yeah I, I I New Year's and 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 here's why you know one um, 
you know, is is as bad of an opinion as I have of President Trump, uh, and it's it's not very good. Is 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 uh, most of the listeners of our program um, might might have picked up on by now. Um, I well remember uh, Watergate because I was in middle school. I remember Clinton Gate, you know, because um, uh, I was you know uh, a middle grade officer in the military. And and uh, but in each one of those situations, things were bad. I mean, it was. I mean, the country just. I mean, it it nearly tore itself apart. And and I think a lot of the partisan stuff that we're seeing in our politics and in our discourse and the fact that that ordinary, uh, ordinarily, uh, rational people can't sit down and have a political discussion ending almost ending in blows. I think has a lot to do with 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 uh, with those events. My hope, quite frankly. Is that um, that the process will 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 work itself out? That uh, the president uh, will want to do one of two things: one, get his act together and start acting like the president of the United States is supposed to act. Though I have very little hope in that happening. Or two, he basically, you know, sometime after New Year's, very quietly says, you know, I think for the good of the Trump family and the good of the country, I'm going to check out of the pattern. But I don't think it's going to happen before Christmas, before New Year. Are we getting closer to the possibility, Dan Littner, of this country seeing articles of impeachment? Again, I come back. Well, that, that's putting the cart ahead of the horse. Uh, let's first find Republicans with a spine as long as they still control both chambers of Congress. Um, if somebody chooses to show they have a spine, then we'll see what comes from investigations. Thus far, uh, I've heard more chatter about wanting to uh, continue to investigate Hillary Clinton and Benghazi uh, rather than actually investigate this president. Hey, Justin, real fast. Yeah. Reporting in, re- reporting in from CNN, uh, Trump just made a statement that uh, – Paul Manafort's a good man, and his conviction has nothing to do with collusion. So if that gives you a hint as to what we're going to hear tonight and what we're going to see in Twitter later on, uh, I think that's it. Well, I can tell you right now, Alan Ward, that statement to me sounds like he's got a pardon drawn up ready to go. No, 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 no. You don't he's think got so? Another, no, hell no. He's got. I, I, I predict he'll never pardon him, but he's trying to really? help keep – Yep, because he but he does want 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 Manafort to keep his mouth shut and hold out hope, um, and uh, he's got plenty of time to he's got all sorts of time to think about all of that and to assess whether uh, how how the public would feel about a guy who basically stole millions of dollars from the United States Treasury. Um, so, but. He, you know, he's he's always going to say, and, and there, it's got, he's a good guy, but there's no collusion. So that's sort of his tagline to to almost any tweet you can think of. Um, and so, you know, I I don't I, I, I I'll be surprised with regard to the to the president. I have said before, I will say again, I continue to believe that he will not run re-election in twenty in twenty twenty. I don't know why. I, I mean, I, I don't know whether it's because he's worn out, because he's because he's stepped aside, because he's impeached, because he's he, age starts showing up in some significant ways, 
um, the, or the political calculus is such uh, that that it just looks looks unwinnable. So, um, having said that, I don't expect him to step aside anytime soon. Um, the one the one thing that could really make him nuts is if Mueller were to recommend an indictment of, say, one of his children. Um, that would be an area, and it would be Don Jr., presumably, um, because of, of either, either conspiracy with the Russians or lying about it. Um, and, and, and that one, uh, I mean, he's unhinged anyway. And supposedly, <laughs> Don McGahn refers to him occasionally as King Kong because he goes berserk sometimes. Um, in, in in and around the Oval Office. Well, imagine what he would do if if his uh, if his son were indicted. Um, but that doesn't mean he'd step aside. But he could do something so out there that um, that the Congress would suddenly conclude that it it needed to step up and do more. In the meantime, we've got an election in in November. All signs are that that we will have a Democratic House next year. That's not assured. We'll see. I don't see the red wave that the president uh, has mentioned. I think it's a mistake for him even to talk about that because the Democrats have all the enthusiasm. And if and if Republicans say, yeah, I believe my president and I don't really care about the Congress anyway, um, this is not a time where where Republican turnout needs to fall off. Um, but we could easily have a house that's democratic, in which point we'd start to see some of the some of the investigations um, that that Dan was talking about. I, I at this point don't see that coming from a Republican uh, house. Um, we'll see. Wow, interesting. If those investigations do come, and this is a reference to by, in in support of my Republican friends. Find somebody in the House on the Republican side to make these bipartisan investigations, and if the president looks like he's guilty, burn him to the ground and save your party. He's, the, the Republican Party is bigger than this president. Well, you know, Dan, I, 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 had a, I had a conversation I with I had a, I, I don't hang on, Jess. I'm sorry, Dan. I had a conversation with 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 a, with a friend of mine over the weekend, and uh, another 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 uh, another Navy guy. Um, I'll leave his rank out of it, uh, just just to better protect him. But this guy camp this guy's a Republican all of his life. When he was six years old, he campaigned for Goldwater. He last last week he announced his departure from the party to be an independent because of the the pure lack of profiles and courage. I don't see anybody that 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 has not announced their retirement or their or their decision not to run again as as having any kind of of a full set that's going to step up and do the right thing. I'm just not seeing it. Sorry, Justin. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, it, 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 I think we're starting to see some of these Republicans. The question is, can some of these Republicans survive primaries? Uh, you look at, uh, you know, the one that keeps coming to mind is uh, Carlos Carabello from South Florida, uh, who is consistently been fair to the president, but has criticized him when the president has done silly and stupid things. Uh, I think we need more of those, and hopefully we'll see some of that come out, but uh, unfortunately I'm not optimistic. Um, 
with that being said, we're down to the last three minutes. Uh, I don't think we even need to play uh, the uh, Golden Parachute game today because, quite frankly, I think enough people have gone down today that we'll just give that a break for a week. But on behalf of – oh, wait a minute. Audrey Howerton, are you on? I am. Audrey Howerton, uh, first of all, uh, safe travels across the country. Thank now, you. Uh, real quickly, next week you will not be on, correct? I unfortunately will not. All right, because you'll be making your way back from the left coast back to the uh, the unidentified locations in Cape Cod? Yes. Very good. Okay. Uh, well, that being said, on behalf of Audrey Howerton, our associate producer, Admiral Ken Carradine, Alan Moore, Dan Littner, Sharma Achari, who's on the European continent because she's sophisticated that way, and Laura Chavez, wherever she went. Uh, I'm your host, moderator, Justin Russell. We will be back next Tuesday with the best political talk show you've never heard of. Again, this has been Backroom Politics. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Backroom Politics. You can follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Backroom Politics Radio. You can also go to our website, www.backroompolitics.org, where Audrey Howerton posts her daily, right, Audrey? Yes, daily. Daily, daily printout of the happenings of today's political news. It's called From the Cutting Room 4. You can subscribe to that. And you can also email me, justin at backroompolitics.org, for all of your comments, fan mail, etc. And you can also listen to us on your favorite podcast streaming uh, system. Have a great week, America. We'll see you next Tuesday. This is Backroom Politics. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.